Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. This is the brunch edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. What a show we have for you. We're going to start off with two marks. First, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of the great state of North Carolina, a rising star of the Republican Party. We're going to talk about cancer culture, transgenderism, all the issues that are motivating the parents' rights movement in America. Mark Robinson has been a clarion voice on that. We're going to have a great conversation with him. Then we're going to go to another mark. Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff at the White House for President Donald Trump, former congressman, former chairman of the Freedom Caucus in the House, one of the conservative caucuses in the House. We're going to talk about all things Congress in this election, and not only what happens in the election, but what Republicans do if they win to make sure that they deliver on the promises that voters have. That's a great conversation. Congressman Troy Nels, he's got a big scoop to talk about. Believe it or not, the census now admits it undercounted voters, residents, citizens in a half dozen red states and overcounted them in blue states. And Congressman Nels doesn't think that's an accident. He's going to tell us why. That's going to be a really fun conversation. Then former presidential candidate and former congressman from Minnesota, Michelle Bachman, here to talk about how some of the social issues, the cultural issues in America are having an effect below inflation, below crime, the two lead issues in this election. She's going to talk about that in this upcoming interview. That's going to be really interesting. She's always had her pulse on the finger of uh, the social and cultural wars in America. Very important conversation. Then Jeff Landry, the current attorney general and soon to be gubernatorial candidate in Louisiana. He is the AG taking the lead in the federal lawsuit against big tech over federally sponsored censorship. And he's going to tell us the latest, including what he's going to ask Dr. Anthony Fauci and former White House press secretary Jen Psaki when he gets to depose both of them in the censorship case in a few weeks. That's a big one. And then Mike Collins has been making waves in Georgia for quite some time. He's a truck company, small truck company owner, who's right making his first run for office. 
He's leading in a congressional seat in Georgia. He's going to tell us the recipe. What are Republicans like he doing that's making a difference and connecting with voters? That's going to be a fun conversation. And then we're going to finish up with a little bit of music, a little bit of culture. Uh, rising music star Lauren Kelly has a brand new song out called Liberty. And she and her management team are going to talk to us about what the song is about, how it's playing, why it caught fire. How do you make a music video in the modern era, 21st century? It ain't the MTV world anymore. It's much more complicated. A lot of fun there. We're going to have a great conversation with uh, her management team and Lauren Kelly. And then you're going to get to hear the song. You're going to finish Sunday with a brand new rising uh, song that a lot of people are enjoying called Liberty. So what a great Sunday. Sit back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these commercial messages for your Sunday edition, the Sunday brunch edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's turn to one of my favorite guests. He's one of the rising stars of the Republican Party in North Carolina. He's a truth teller. I always enjoy him when he's here. He's Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Lieutenant Governor, good to have you on the show, sir. Hi, John. It's good to be here again. It is a great honor to have you, sir. I want to talk about your state. you got a Democratic governor. He's rolling out that liberal agenda every day. Apparently a new order requiring people to get rid of their gas cars, go to electric. We don't have electric cars. We don't have battery. We don't have the grid. What's going on with this? 
more liberal lunacy trying to drive what the market should be driving, knowing that the infrastructure is not there and knowing that the government, neither federal or state, has the ability to put that infrastructure in place. That has got to be market driven. The government needs to get out of this and we need to stop uh, letting climate change dictate our energy needs, both for our vehicles and both for heating our homes and our businesses and, and taking care of all of those things. Uh, we need to rely on solid science and continue to allow the market to drive these things. And the move by our current governor to do that is just more virtual signaling for those folks that uh, he is beholden to and the folks that financed his, financed his campaign. So uh, yeah. it's just more of the same. Mm. Yeah, Lieutenant Governor, reporting over here in Los Angeles, California, we started those types of laws and, and legislation years ago, and I don't recommend it. Although I don't think that Roy Cooper <laughs> wants to hear any of my advice. But I wanted to ask you, we have seen something spread across America like wildfire, but I think it started in North Carolina last year. You were one of the driving forces behind getting pastors in North Carolina to run for local and state office. Uh, 50 pastors ran 25-1. Uh, how does it feel to, to have started that and to help lead the way and take part in a movement that I think is so significant? Well, quite honestly, it feels very good. It feels like, uh, you know, fulfilling a calling that I feel like that I have. And let's be clear on this. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is because of the dual roles that pastors and politicians play in our society. And sadly, uh, uh, both of those entities in many, in many, far too many places have lost their direction. Politicians are no longer following our Constitution. And our pastors are no longer following the word of God. And uh, that's something that we want to see corrected. We want strong uh, people of faith to step up and step into what uh, the Bible calls the ecclesia, uh, step out into the marketplace and step out into the into politics and take their rightful place as leaders and be the, uh, the head and not the tail. And that's happening to a great degree in North Carolina and in other places. And we hope to continue to see that uh, expand across the nation because we think it's just what will ha uh, help heal this ailing nation. Yeah, it needs a lot of healing for sure. Lieutenant Governor, you earlier on, when we interviewed you earlier in the year, you talked about the tectonic shift going on with parents. Parents were being activated by critical race theory and also the transgender ideology movement. Uh, everybody knows inflation and uh, uh, crime are big issues in this campaign, but it seems like that liberal ideology getting into schools is that third rail of this election. What are you seeing in North Carolina? Parents still motivated to go out and change the status quo? Absolutely. You, you, I think you put it just, you, you, you phrase it just right. The third rail, that electrified rail. Look, that we have had these discussions about parents' rights, about parents being involved in their school, uh, children's schooling. We've had these, uh, uh, discussions about uh, school choice and there's been varying degrees of people who are uh, either agree or disagree on those issues. But there are so many folks across the board who absolutely reject what we see, the sexualization that we see going on of our children in schools. That, that is rejected across the board and it has been that electrifying third rail that has galvanized this movement to say no more of this foolishness. We need to get back to educating our children, move all of this social garbage out of the way. I mean, this report that just came out that talked about how uh, learning has been lost during COVID. I would submit to you that that started long before COVID ever, ever happened because we're packing our classrooms with far too much stuff that is, that's getting in the way of real learning and, and our parents are not 
going to put up with it anymore. We saw that uh, up in, I believe, up in, in Michigan, up in Dearborn, Michigan, right. where parents were literally shouting at the school board for better uh, for better for their children. So the movement is not stopping. It's not slowing down. And in fact, it's gaining momentum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lieutenant Governor, I wanted to ask you about uh, the elections coming up in a few weeks. My goodness, less than two weeks. Um, a lot of pollsters are predicting that Republicans will have big wins in the House, and now polls are actually starting to tighten with respect to control of the Senate as well. And I think a lot of that is that a lot of Americans, including independents and some Democrats, see what's happening in Washington, D.C. They see the policies of Democrats, like the ones we were discussing earlier with Roy Cooper. They see these policies, and, and they just can't stomach them anymore. Is this a one-time shift, or, or is there a way that Republicans can can hold on to those voters, the ones who have crossed over, what, what's the most important thing that they can do to keep those voters on that side? Okay, that's gonna, the, whether or not it, it remains, is gonna be, uh, it's up to, it, it depends on two things. Number one, it depends on whether or not the Democrats are going to continue with this lunacy. If they continue down these this lunatic path they're on of trying to force climate change down our tro throats, transgenderism down our throats, uh, destroying our economies with this bad policy. That's going to be the, the first part. The second part is this. We saw what happened under President Trump, and we saw him deliver his promises. Uh, and we see the difference between a President Trump and a President Biden. In North Carolina, we see the difference between Democrat leadership prior to 2010 and Republican leadership since then. Uh, we have to stay the course. We have to continue to deliver, to bring what conservatives do. We have to ramp up our economy, make those changes in education, shut down that border. Uh, if we deliver on those promises and continue to show the stark differences between our policies and theirs, I believe those changes will be here to stay. Yeah, contrast matter. Uh, Governor, I want, Lieutenant Governor, I want to ask you a little bit about the, the uh, governance that occurs after election. I once attended a congressional uh, orientation, and the speaker, I think it was Bob Dole, said, here's the bad news, guys. You thought the election was hard. That was the easy part. Governing's the hard part. Uh, if Republicans win this election, there's going to be big expectations for the American public. What is important for Republicans to get done in that first year of control in Washington? I believe uh, shutting down the border, making sure that that border gets shut shut down. I believe, of course, getting our economy back on track is going to be paramount, absolutely paramount. That's probably the number one issue. And in our state, uh, delivering on being pro-life and delivering on education, those are going to be key issues. Those are the issues that folks are out clamoring for. There are several others, including voter integrity and others. But I think those are the key issues that we have to deliver on immediately. We have to make immediate strides to start to start changing those things, because that's what is driving so many people uh, onto our side of the aisle. And we've got to deliver. Yeah, great point. Lieutenant Governor, I want to throw back to something that you mentioned earlier, talking about the ecclesia, the body of Christ. Christians in America, we are seeing a lot of pastors across America. I just saw recently T.D. Jakes uh, endorsed Beto O'Rourke. And when you look at the Democrat Party platform, it doesn't really line up with Christian uh, theology. Do you think that pastors like that coming out for folks like Beto O'Rourke helps Democrats or do people really care? Uh, you know, I think it may help in small circles, but here it is. Um, the American people are strong and wise and they can 
and they can tell uh, the sheep's in wolves' clothing. Uh, those people always tend to reveal themselves. And I think the people who really believe in God and really understand his word, they are no longer going to fall for this foolishness. They're going to find places that are really teaching the word and really adhering to the word and applying the word in every facet of their lives. That includes both. Yeah, that is such an important point, Governor. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, thanks for ha having joining us today. We really enjoyed the conversation. We'll get you back on after the elections. All Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Mark Meadows, his work at the Congressional Policy Institute has really focused Republicans on the issues that matter and that are going to make a difference in this election. And he's joining us right now. Mark, great to have you on the show, sir. It's great to be with you and Amanda. And, and liter literally, when you start to look at the headlines, it couldn't be any worse for Democrats because what 
people care about, John, and you mentioned this, is what's affecting them, whether it's at the border, whether it's at the gas pumps, uh, what they talk about at, in, in the dining room table. And yet what we're seeing is, is that starting to show up in these public polls, whether it's in Georgia or Pennsylvania or any of the other states uh, where we have critical governor and Senate races, uh, it's starting to trend towards uh, really putting the people back in control. Yeah, and uh, there's a dynamic, a discipline that I've seen this year, Mark. I want to ask you about this. Democrats don't want to talk about the three big issues because they occurred on their watch. Uh, but Republicans want to talk about it, but they're more than just against the Biden plan. They have a positive, specific way of solving each plan, very substantive arguments. Do you think that's what's been tipping the polls in recent weeks? What is, uh, listen, people across the country, whether they're a Democrat, Republican, or unaffiliated, they're tired of talk. And unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., uh, you both know this, you get more talk than you get action. I, I sometimes think that members of Congress get paid based on the number of words that they uh, regurgitate versus the actions <laughs> that they actually compel. Uh, but I can tell you that Republicans, and we've been working very closely with a number of uh, uh, the Republicans in the House uh, to make sure that they hit the ground running on day one, because uh, I, I can uh, also say that uh, as gas prices continue to start to climb back up, as the border, and, and, and you both have covered this, the border, we had a report last Friday. It's amazing how the report comes out on Friday <laughs> afternoon, uh, but we've set historic numbers for, for people crossing the border at about 2.3 million, but that doesn't even count the 600,000 or so that are what they call getaways. So we're we're at about three million people coming across our southern border. Uh, you want to wonder why in Arizona uh, that that race is now starting to to dip towards Blake Masters? It's because uh, Mark Kelly, the senator from Arizona, has done very little, if anything, to actually get uh, an answer to that. He can't even get Joe Biden down to the the, the border to look at it for himself. Yeah. Not true. Yeah, it's very hard to nail him down on an answer, especially pertaining to the border. I wanted to ask you about parental rights. This is a huge issue. We saw it play out in Virginia, and we also saw it this summer uh, in school board elections where we saw parental rights candidates sweeping these seats on school boards. Is that something that you expect to be one of the top issues in a few weeks? Yeah, it's not, uh, Amanda, it's not just a, a top issue in the next few weeks. I think it'll be a top issue in the next few years. Here's what COVID did. It brought moms and dads back into the classroom because a lot of the learning was, was virtual learning. And they all of a sudden started to say, I can't believe that my, my son or daughter or niece or nephew or grandchild is being taught this in the classrooms. And they believe that they're best suited to make the decisions for their kids. Not teachers unions, not uh, bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., and that is on the ballot. We saw a difference in Virginia. We're going to see a difference across the country. Uh, it's one of the few topics that, honestly, Democrats and unaffiliateds uh, are, are looking at Republican candidates to help them with this because they're not getting any relief from Democrat candidates. Yeah, and it seems to me that this is an election that isn't just a nameplate change. It isn't going to just change from D to R. 
People are expecting radical change, and that begins with the way Congress does its job, getting a budget, getting the deficit down. The most important window is going to occur right after the election, right, Mark? Because these new members are going to come in. The rules for how Congress operates for two years are set. Is that a critical time, and what should every Republican be working on during that period of time? Well, that's a critical time. And, and John, kudos to you. You broke a story just the other day in terms of some of the behind the scenes. In fact, I was with uh, some House Chief of Staff uh, uh, employees today and talking to them. And many of them said that was the first time that they ever got a real glimpse into what actually goes on between November 8th and January 3rd when they're sworn in. So here's what we have to make sure of is, is that the people that get elected actually do the bidding for the people back home in their district, not the special interest here in Washington, D.C. If they start to see that it's more of the same get along, uh, go along kind of politics, uh, it will not bode well in 2024. And so I can tell you we're working here at the Conservative Partnership Institute, along with so many conservative members to say we want to have a boot camp the minute they get elected where they come to Washington. D.C. and instead of trying to find time to find the bathroom, that we tell them what the real story is. How do you make sure your constituents are first? How do you make those uh, those issues that you and Amanda are talking about uh, the top priority and and not just where their office might be? And so uh, we have to hit the ground running. Uh, the people demand uh, nothing short of a transformational change. Yeah. Yeah, when I read that memo from the House Freedom Caucus, I thought of when I was younger and my mom used to say, and I mean business, because that's exactly <laughs> what it sounded like as far as the direction for Republicans. I wanted to ask you, though, about the GOP's commitment to Americans, the, the tenets and the bullet points that are listed in that. Do you think that that is going to be strictly adhered to and really drive agenda and discussions and scheduling in a new, in a new Congress? Well, the real question is, is will they go ahead with a real schedule and support that agenda? I, I think, yes, do they they follow that? I think uh, Leader McCarthy and a number of them have put forth a, a plan that's a good framework. But it's just guardrails. What we need to do is make sure that we have a real plan. Uh, week one, you vote on, on uh, this particular bill. Week two, maybe you work, vote on uh, uh, making sure that federal elections have a federal ID. You, you need to actually put some real specifics and and what they accomplish in the first hundred days is how this new Congress will be remembered. And so whether it's making our communities safer, making our borders more secure, or making sure that prices go down, they have to do more than talk about it. It has to be met with a real plan and a real agenda uh, starting on January 3rd. Yeah. And actually, one of the big things that Democrats could do if they wanted to is dictate the budget for a whole year if they get a spending deal in December. How important is it for Republicans to hold out and not let Democrats set the entire budget cycle for the first year they're in power? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, can you imagine you, you start to get Republicans in control and then and they've already set this up. And I blame yeah. some of the, the current leadership for this, John. You know that had they not pushed what they call a continuing resolution for those that are tuned in and may not be familiar with the language, had they not pushed that to come due right before Christmas, we wouldn't be talking about this. But instead, what they're doing is they're setting it up so members of Congress wanting to 
you get home for Christmas will vote for a long-term budget solution. My my uh, my call to all those that are tuned in, that are listening to you and Amanda t- uh, today, is to make sure that what they do is do a 60-day short-term, allow the new Congress to set those priorities. If they yeah. don't do that, they will have, have really uh, created a lame duck faux pas. Yeah. One more quick question before we go. If Donald Trump announces potentially in two weeks you served as his chief of staff, do you endorse a 2024 hypothetical candidacy? Yeah, hypothetical candidate. I'm all in for Donald Trump. (laughs) He's uh, he's done some amazing things. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Joining us now is Congressman Troy Nels, who is the one to bring us this story and bring it to the forefront, hopefully to install uh, accountability for if the GOP flips the chamber. Congressman Nels, welcome to the show. Amanda, it's good to be with you. You too, John. Good to be with you. Thank you, sir. Congressman, when I see a story like this, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, I don't think that anyone is disillusioned into thinking that the federal government operates perfectly, but this just seems a little convenient that, again, we see it went one way. It went for one party and against another. Tell, tell me this was a mistake and it wasn't intentional. Well, I hope it wasn't intentional because we need to be conducting an investigation into this when we get the House back. But I sent a letter to the director, Robert Santos. I said, hey, listen, he's the director of the Census Bureau. I said, buddy, we got a little bit of a problem here. When you look at the states that were counted and you look at the overcounted states, there were a total of eight states. And just by chance, many of them where they overcounted the population, meaning they can keep their congressional seats, they wouldn't lose it, would be pretty much the, the, the blue states. But you look at the under, undercounted states, uh, there were six. And you look at the state of Texas. I mean, they missed the mark. They missed the mark big uh, by 500,000 Texans. And and that plays a role in in how you would reapportion the the members. I mean, we gained two seats in Texas, but really, truly, we should have gained three should have gained three. Wow. It's amazing, the consequences. And, you know, you wrote an incredible book, The Big Fraud. It really gets into just how much our government is letting us down on a regular basis. Republicans get the purse string. A lot of agency. I mean, the Census Bureau can tell us all sorts of meaningless statistics, but they apparently can't count the accurate number of Americans to do things like the Electoral College and apportionment. You guys get the uh, purse strings. What are some of the first places you want to dive into to get agencies back in line? 
Well, first off, I think it's going to take an enormous amount of leadership. I believe uh, that there is going to be a great leader taking over the Judiciary Committee, and that man is Jim Jordan of Ohio. He's going to be the chair over Judiciary, and he's been talking about investigations, and we need to have conversations with Fauci, Mayorkas, Border, all of it. We need to talk to Christopher Ray. We need to have the DOJ Garland from the, the DOJ in front of the committee because, and maybe now this guy too, maybe this Santos fella needs to be in front of the committee uh, to, to ask him some of these difficult questions. I mean, Arkansas, now Arkansas, they got it wrong by 5%. 5.04%, they got Arkansas wrong. They undercounted Texas by 2%, but they just happened. They just happened to overcount uh, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware by five plus percent. Isn't that a coincidence when you look at uh, Massachusetts, Minnesota? I mean, some of those areas, Utah, they should have, or, or Rhode Island, they should have lost one of their members, but they kept them because of this overcounting. And now Texas is going to lose that third seat. Third seat. They lost that third seat because of the air by the Census Bureau. So a lot of questions. I hope we can get something positive done up there, but I'll guarantee you a lot of questions need to be asked, a lot of investigations, because this administration seems to just go to the extreme, extreme lengths to keep one party rule. Shame on them for this, John. Shame on them. Absolutely. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, something else that affects the census numbers, unfortunately, uh, is illegal crossings at the border. And on Friday night, when most people had already gone home, I think that uh, Homeland thought that they could slide this in under the radar. But 2.7 million illegal crossings this fiscal year under Joe Biden. I think that's a little over four times as many uh, as Donald Trump's last fiscal year in office. Uh, 227,000 illegal crossings in in September, a million gotaways, which I think is probably more. But they, like I said, they slid this in on a Friday night, hoping that Americans wouldn't notice. But we know, we have talked about, as we've had you on the show before, that, that immigration is going to play a major role in this election. Are they trying two weeks and one day before the election to try to hide this from the American people? Well, of course, that's exactly what they're going to do. But Bill Malugin did a good job on Fox. You know what? There's 850. He reported 850 migrants have lost their lives at our southern border yeah. trying to get here. The administration doesn't want to talk about that. They're certainly not going to want to talk about the 98 terrorists that have been apprehended at our southern border this year. 98 terrorists, 600,000 plus gotaways. I mean, that's an enormous amount of people that are getting into our country. They're, they're the ones not even waving the white flag like the two and a half million. I mean, they're looking for a border patrol agent so they can hug him and say, thank goodness we found you because Joe Biden's going to let us here. We're not going to have to worry about court hearings. Joe Biden invited us in. But what about those 600,000 that are trying to avoid detection and apprehension. Those are what I refer to are the bad hombres. Those are the ones that want to prey on the American people, and the American people are going to become victims to those individuals because they're bad. They're the ones bringing the drugs. They're the ones bringing the families through, these women that they're going to use for sexual exploitation in our country, and they're the ones we really truly need to be concerned about in addition to the 98 terrorists this year. This year, think about that. It only took 19, took 19 to take down our towers. We got 98 terrorists that have come through, and this administration doesn't seem to care. 
we could sit and talk about the fentanyl and the tens of thousands of people dying, Americans dying in our country uh, as a result of fentanyl, and the American people are paying attention. I've been at the polling locations today. Texas, first day of early voting. I'm telling you, people are fired up in this district. The Hispanics are coming to vote, and they're giving me thumbs up. They're sick and tired of Joe Biden and the far left and what they're doing to our country. We need to have a secure southern border. The administration doesn't believe it, and they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it dearly on November 8th. Yeah, it's remarkable. And you saw some of that energy at the rally this week. And I know you were with President Trump in Texas. It seems like crime and inflation have taken people in, who've been in the Democratic Party for decades and said, you know what, we need a change. We're coming over to the Republicans. Enormous energy in what used to be the core constituencies of the Democratic Party. Is this a long term shift? Is this a, a shift of the tectonic plates below politics? I think so, John. I think what you're seeing is you saw what we all saw. Everybody saw how great of a job Donald Trump did in four years. And he did it for everybody. He didn't look at color. He helped every group, all the different groups. The Hispanics in Texas, I mean, he had record turnout for Hispanics supporting Donald Trump because Donald Trump says, I want to take care of you and I want to secure the southern border. And that rally the other day in Robstown, Texas, I mean, there was enormous amount of energy. He was hinting he was hinting that he's going to run in 2024 to a thunderous crowd i mean people were excited i can't wait i can't wait i had an opportunity to backstage with him and i said i said sir this country america we need you back in 2024 we need you to come back and fix this mess that this administration and the far left has put us in and hold them all accountable donald hold every single one of them accountable when you're the 47th president of the united states i can't wait i'm excited i'm truly excited for him and we can save america together yeah well, I know that he enjoys having fighters like you alongside him. And like you said, I mean, he always throws that red meat out there about his run for 2024 or the possibility of it. But this this time around, it seemed uh, it, it, he seemed to up the ante a little bit. And John reported on that over at justthenews.com. So everybody go check that out. But Congressman, I wanted to ask you one quick question before we go. This report that airlines are cutting back on domestic flights and how that's going to affect wait times. Is there anything Congress can and should do about this? What? You got a Department of Transportation secretary that's asleep at the wheel? You think Mayor Pete is concerned about that? No, 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 no. Mayor Pete's running for president is what he's doing. He's out there focused on Roe versus Wade and everything but his job. He should be out there talking about the airline industry and, and fuel prices and everything else, but he's not. He's running for yeah. president. So he needs to just get out of that seat and put somebody in there that actually truly will handle some of the yep. issues that mean to Americans. That means something. Absolutely. Well, at least he's off of paternity leave. At least there's that. Congressman Troy Nels, we are so grateful to have you with us this evening, and we'll be sure to have you back on again soon. John and I, we've got to take a commercial. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. She represented the great state of Minnesota for a long time in Congress and even ran for president. She now keeps her finger on the pulse of politics as the dean of the government school at Regent University. She is Michelle Bachman. Congresswoman, great to have you back on the show. John, Amanda, great to be with you both today. Thank you for having me on. It's it's an honor to have you on. And I want to ask a little bit. We know the economy and crime are the big toes at the top of the uh, political wave that's moving the country towards Republicans. But beneath it, there's growing uh, data in the polling showing that maybe some of the social issues, transgenderism, critical race theory, some of the school things that brought Glenn Young into power in Virginia last year, that they're also having a power effect as uh, voters start to make up their mind. What are you seeing in the data thus far? Well, there's no question because it's, it really comes down to parents and grandparents and even just the general public who are childless taking a look at these absolutely breathtaking moves in the public school system and it doesn't escape their notice in the culture. And so people are very simple. They say, not with my kid, you don't. And they don't want their kid to have pornography put in their face. And they don't want to think that their kid is being taught that maybe they're not a boy or maybe they're not a girl because that's going to come home. And the parents are the ones that have to deal with this. So this has gone a step too far for most parents. And they're, they're taking a big look at this and saying there's one political party that's advancing this weird bizarre agenda. It's the Democrat Party, the party in power. And they're saying, not with my kid, you go, you, you don't. And here's my pitchfork. Where do I sign up? People are fired up over this issue. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right that the social issues, obviously what happens on Capitol Hill as far as the power of the purse, there are so many things that Americans are concerned about. I saw a meme over the weekend that said this presidency is like being tied to a chair and watching a toddler play with a loaded pistol. And everyone is very concerned about what could or you know will happen in 15 days. But I wanted to show you a clip of something that President Biden said. It had me scratching my head because I didn't really understand what he was talking about. It seems contrary to reality. Check this out. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10,000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. It was an executive order. It never went for a vote. Now, your common everyday American who's just trying to put food on the table may not even realize that because they don't have time to dig into all of the details on Capitol Hill. But this is just the latest indication that this presidency seems to be in major decline. Well, clearly Joe Biden isn't in charge and the people who are actually really running America, the real president of the country, which none of us knows who it is, uh, they're just fine about Joe Biden fumbling and bumbling and stumbling in the public square because that's exactly what they intend. They want people across the world to see that the leader of America supposedly isn't in charge and that America's weak. That's why what we're seeing happening with the every single day another gap, it's extremely important in the optics because it says America's weak. 
and all of the bad actors in the world are given the signal, now is your time to take advantage and do bad things. Same, similar on the foreign policy front. If you look, it was just over a year ago in August of 2021, when intentionally the United States of America had the worst military blunder and disaster in Afghanistan than we've had in our history. And that was leaving $86 billion worth of weaponry on the battlefield available for both the Russians and for the Chinese. This is an unmitigated disaster. So what happened? What was the word that went out? America has lost our prowess on the economic front in the world. We've lost our prowess on the foreign policy military front. And so we went from being the undisputed superpower of the free world, both economically and from a foreign policy perspective, to virtually under the Biden administration, both have fallen into the basement. Our status is completely gone on the world stage. And that is due to whoever is pulling the strings behind Joe Biden. So really what we're dealing with, and I want your viewers to know this, we are living through a coup in America. We're living through a revolution in America. And this is by design. So we're no longer in the halcyon days that we all enjoyed of a constitutional republic. We are seeing before our eyes the United States of America being pulled out like a rug out from under our feet. And instead, the traditional ideology of what America stands for, a constitutional republic, that's now being replaced because we were a bottom-up system. Now a top-down system is being imposed upon all of us, a totalitarian system. So America every day is resembling more and more totalitarian regimes like the communist uh, Chinese. And don't think that that's by accident. My opinion is this is clearly by design. And so this election is so extremely important because it will decide if we go full steam straight into a totalitarian system of government or if we recover what we the people put together over 200 plus years ago, something that the world has never seen before that has brought the greatest freedom in economic liberty and the, the best force for good in the world ever, which is the United States. And really this is an existential election. Will we go on or will the forces that are bringing about a coup and a revolution in America, will they win with their totalitarianism that resembles the communist Chinese. I think the American people want nothing to do with that, but we need to be honest with ourselves and look at the mirror at what is really happening. And it's not far-fetched when you look at the Biden family, Biden Inc. There's already ample evidence of the dirty deals that they've done with the communist Chinese. So we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, there's no doubt. Congressman, one of the places where this battle's being waged is in higher education. We're turning out more and more young adults who think socialism's okay, that America's history's bad. Uh, you went from politics to the higher education system to try to change that. Are you beginning to see models with what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida where uh, there are policy solutions to taking back woke education at the higher education level? 
Yes, and I, I want to applaud Ron DeSantis. He and I served together in the United States Congress. He's probably the most brilliant governor today in the United States of America. I'm extremely proud of Ron and the work that he's doing as governor. Here at Regent University, we've made a decision for 44 years. We have held the line, and we, we're, we're a Christian university. We hold to a biblical worldview. We hold to very high academic standards as well. We are not going along with a cultural sludge that's coming through the universities. And people need to understand, it is really bad at the academic level. What's considered strong academics is actually indoctrination coming through from a revolutionary viewpoint. We don't hold to that here at Regent University. So it's very important that parents look very, very closely and very clearly at the school that they're thinking of sending their son or daughter to. Or if you're an adult and you're looking for a degree, um, in the middle of your career. Think about where you're going, because if you're paying for um, pure garbage, wokery, you're going to have a, you may have a degree, but it's going to be absolutely worthless. And so if you're going to spend your time, but most important, if you're going to spend your future, which is what education is all about, you want to make sure that you get the best of the best. So you have to be very careful about where you decide to go. Yeah, no doubt. Real quick, we only got about 20 seconds left. Minnesota going to turn a little more red this year. You know, we will if we get the will of the people. Unfortunately, Minnesota has had terrible rigged elections and fraud, election fraud. So if we can if we can get through election fraud, if we can, it'll turn red. That's uh, so one. Everyone's going to be watching that. We're real close. Congressman, what an honor to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Good to, good to join you. All right. Job. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. There are at least two attorneys general looking to hold federal government actors accountable. And it just so happens that social media companies, big tech that is, is caught in the crosshairs. Joining us now is a newly announced Republican candidate for Louisiana governor and currently holds the office of Attorney General Jeff Landry. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you for having me. All righty. So in your future, it looks to be some time spent with Anthony Fauci and Jen Psaki. I believe it's up to seven hours for each of those you plan to question. I imagine you have a lot of questions stuffed down your cannon, ready to fire off. Talk to us about what you are looking to glean from those conversations. Well, look, I also uh, let's set the table for, for the viewers and the listeners out there, you know, Amanda, what the government did would be equivalent. I mean, think about this. Think about during the Trump presidency. 
if Donald Trump would have sent an, a federal agent into the New York Times editorial room, who then told the New York Times editor <clears throat> that he was there, he or she was there to basically censor, to tell the New York Times what they could print and what they couldn't print. I mean, could you imagine the uproar from the media? But that is exactly what we believe has happened during the pandemic, during the 2020 election, when our government was engaged in telling social media companies, big tech, what they could say and could not say on their platforms. And, and, and we, you know, we started this case back in June. People laughed at us. Then all of a sudden, we got past the deposition phase, the subpoena phase. We were able to subpoena records and emails. And then we started uncovering the communications between those federal officials and big tech. And then we went back to the judge and said, look, we really needed to post these players. The list of, of federal officials grew from 47 to 67 <laughs> at all of the levels, as high as Dr. Anthony Fauci and Jen Psaki, right, uh, um, the press secretary, and many other Biden uh, you know, people in the administration. And so we can't wait to put them across from the table for us, from us and start asking some very easy questions, things that we already know that we've seen inside of the emails that tell us that they were communicating, that they were coercing, that they were basically controlling big tech. I mean, this is a First Amendment violation at its greatest. I, I have consistently said on, uh, that this is one of the biggest cases this century. Yeah, I agree. And people I talk to say the same thing, General Landry, that this is one of the most important free speech cases of our lifetime. I think most people walk around in America saying, listen, we have free speech. We don't have the banana republic stuff. And then you see this government now feeling emboldened to do these things. When you look into the documents and the, the early discovery that you got, what is the justification that these bureaucrats use for trying to silence people's voices in an election on health issues? It just seems so contrary to our founding in this country. Look, these folks believe that they know better than anyone else. These are not people that believe in liberty. These are not people that have a respect for the Constitution. <clears throat> they believe that basically Americans are really not citizens. They're really subjects to do the government's bidding and that Americans don't have enough um, uh, responsibility. They don't have enough clear thinking to be able to make decisions on their own. That's what you see. I mean, the brazenness of the activity that went on between these officials and big tech is startling. And that's, and that's, and that's why this case is so important. I mean, it strikes at the heart of the freedoms and the liberties that we had joined here in America. I mean, remember the First Amendment was placed there because of its importance. If I would ask you or Amanda, hey, give me five most important things that you might be doing, you're gonna, you're gonna give me the first thing is the most important thing. And the First Amendment was placed there because our founders recognized that when you abridge someone, the government has the ability to abridge their speech, they're no longer citizens, they're subjects. Yeah, yes, great point. Absolutely. 
Yeah. There's been this attitude of, of Washington, folks in Washington being our betters, and I think you're right. That's gonna, that chicken's going to come home to roost real quick in uh, a few weeks. I wanted to ask you, though, Attorney General, you are running for governor of Louisiana, and in today's political climate, social media is a very important tool for getting your policy points out there, for communicating with voters, and just in general getting great exposure. Are you worried that in this quest to hold social medias and big tech accountable, um, that there is going to be any type of retribution against you or your campaign or your social media accounts, anything like that? Well, look, if there are, they'll have a lot of hell to pay. <laughs> we will be watching and monitoring um, a big tech for, for, for exactly that. I believe that if they engaged in that type of activity, um, that certainly would be not only troublesome, but would create a tremendous amount of liability uh, because they would basically they could they could face some criminal prosecution because it would be interfering in an election. Um, and, and again, you know, this look, big tech's proudness, their ability to sway elections uh, is something that I have been concerned about for many, many years now. Uh, we were the only attorney general in the state and in the country. I would remind you all that we were the only one in the country that sued Mark Zuckerberg uh, when his charitable organization, CTCL, spent over $400 million putting their thumb on the scale during the 2020 election. So we know the type of nefarious activity uh, that, that these folks can engage in. We believe it's illegal. I think that they know it's illegal. And so hopefully they will play fair. Yeah, that's a good that's a good warning. Playing fair is all Americans have ever wanted. We now know that they suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop. We now know, as recently last week when we broke a story here on the show, that that laptop has evidence that uh, the Biden family got a no interest forgivable loan from communist China right, right in the uh, run up to the 2020 election. Do you have any doubt now that Facebook and Twitter's censorship of the laptop had a material effect on the 2020 election? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just like I agree that, that, that Mark Zuckerberg's involvement in CTCLs right. and the money that he put in there had an effect on the election. There's no doubt uh, that those types of activities created a, you know, put it, they, they were able to put their thumb on the scale. And I think right. that that's the anxiety that many Americans out there um, are concerned about. Look, we want fair, transparent elections under which every eligible voter is able to cast their vote and all of those legal votes are then counted. We don't need the kind of shenakery, the, the trickery, uh, the putting their thumb on the scale activity that, 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 that we've seen lately. Uh, we're, I'm hoping that the 2022 elections, these midterms, are, are going to be conducted in a fair and transparent manner. We know that many states have, have went back and tried to close some of the loopholes that the Democrats exposed. Uh, and, and utilized in 2020. And, you know, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Attorney General, I know a lot of Louisianans, Louisianans, uh, approve of your job as Attorney General, and they are great, very grateful for your service to the state. But um, becoming governor, Running for governor, that's an entirely different beast, seeking out the chief executive position for a state. Um, I wanted to ask you about your your transformative plan for governor. I know that there were quite a few things that Bell Ed Edwards set out to do that he wasn't able to accomplish. Can you give us some of that? Well, look, he, you know, unfortunately, he was able to 
to wreck Louisiana's economy over eight years. Uh, crime is on the rise. Uh, our economy is in the tank. Uh, Louisiana, unfortunately, is last in all of the good lists and first on all the bad lists. You know, I encourage people to go to our website at jefflandry.com. We put out an announcement video um, uh, several weeks ago announcing our run for governor. The one thing that I'll tell you that I learned, you know, from having spent time in Congress. So I got elected back in 2010 in that big class uh, that swept through Washington back during uh, 2010, is that you fix our country when you fix your state. And I think that what you're seeing in governors today, uh, governors like Christy Noem, Ron DeSantis, uh, soon to be Sarah Huckabee, uh, and others, uh, that uh, Greg Abbott in Texas, being able to lead and prove that conservative values and yes. the principles that America was founded upon Amen. work. They work. Amen. Attorney General, thank you so much for being with us. We'll have you back on very soon. We'll be right back. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back, everybody. It was about a year ago I met this congressional candidate out in Georgia who said, you know what, the economy, it's going to be the dominant issue in 2022, way ahead of other people predicting inflation, energy shortages. Well, now he's the Republican nominee for Georgia's 10th congressional district. And everything he told me has come true. He is Mike Collins. Mike, great to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me back on, John. Hey, listen, you hit this one on the head a year ago. You, you have a small business. You're out there running every day. Uh, trucks and companies, you know what the economy was like. Voters now feel all that pain you were talking about. How important is this election to them? Well, I think it's very important. And, and you know, John, just, just as a side note, you know, the, the average person out there sees exactly what's going on. And when you have someone that's acting like a three-year-old that's sitting there licking ice cream, and tells you that this economy is strong as hell, you don't have to go any further than the next gas station to understand that that just made absolutely no sense, much less the way it looked to the common person out there. Great points. Yeah. 
And Mike, I, I want to highlight something about you and your campaign. You know, for a long time, we have been used to seeing congressional candidates who are working their way up the ladder, maybe from city positions or statewide positions, trying to get up to to Capitol Hill. But you are kind of indicative of what we're seeing a lot in the Republican Party, which is a small business owner. You went from a fleet of one truck to over 100 trucks. And a lot of people, I think, see that as as business skills that translate to running a country. Do you think that that's the future of the Republican Party? I do, Amanda. You know, it's it's been amazing. We've been able to get out here, not just not just running in our in our district, which we are. We know our district was pretty much one in the in the primary. We do have a November opponent, however, but we've been out here with candidates all across this country, and we're out there right now. And uh, sure, people are looking for an outsider, somebody that is conservative to the core. And and in most cases, we're just all parts, all all different aspects of life. Um, you know, I'm in the trucking business. Some people, we've even been uh, campaigning with a nuclear engineer. So it's just people willing to put their careers to the side or set their business to the side and go and serve our country in Congress and help get this country back on track. And and I think most importantly, what people see out there are just people that are willing to go fight. And and, and I mean fight to get this place back on track. You know, we've we've given the Republicans opportunities in the past with giving them the majority, and we've squandered a lot of that. I think you're going to see this time is going to be different. It's going to be an opportunity for um, leadership to really go with big, bold ideas and, and, and hold Republicans in line and do some really good oversight. Those three things, you do those, and uh, we will help get this country back on track. Yeah, that it is. And, and I know our founding fathers, they really wanted people in real life to be in Congress. They didn't want professional politicians. That's why they wanted the candle makers and, and the printers and others to be there. And today we're seeing that uh, uh, this wave of candidates, first time candidates coming from the real world, bringing that experience, connecting with voters. And all of a sudden there's a new type of voter coming into the Republican Party, Hispanic voters, African-American voters, suburban moms coming back. Is this a once in a generation uh, kind of correction in the electorate now that's going on? You know, I don't know if it's a once in a generation correction. It's nice, whatever it is. Uh, but then again, I say that we have to seize that moment, John, yeah, and we have to right. make sure that we make it counts. And, uh, you know, I, I heard some figures the other day that once we get through the November 8th election, that over 72% of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives will be America first agenda candidates. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and the opportunity is, is incredible to go along with that. You make the right changes up there. We start working. We bring this debt under control. We get China under control. We get back to, to our military where, where we're not preaching wokeism and we're, we're teaching people how to defend our country and get back to energy independence. We actually do those things. The American people will reward you and they will keep giving us that majority. Yeah, so important. Yeah. And, and it's not just Hispanics, black Americans, too. I saw a tweet over the weekend. Um, a, a black rapper named Lotto had a concert in Atlanta and Stacey Abrams went on stage with her. And in the comments, people, black Americans in Atlanta were lighting this up as pandering, saying, you know, we get used to this every every election cycle, a month before the election. This is what happens. Is that are, are you seeing that in the polling in Georgia, too? Because we see it in some nationwide polls as far as the percentage of black Americans who, who crossed over for Trump in 2020. Do you expect to see that uh, for the midterms in a couple weeks? 
Certainly we do. We're, we're seeing it everywhere we go. And, and, and I tell you what I see. I see people that are actually, they understand what inflation does. And, and they understand that the fact that every time that the gas prices go up or their, their food prices, anything they buy or consume goes up, it's just an increase in taxes. And they're actually paying more in taxes. And, and people are, are really paying attention now to, uh, to all the pocketbook issues. And that, at the end of the day, I, I don't care whatever issues you put out there, most people are going to vote with their pocketbook. And, uh, and like I said, we get up there, we take that majority, and then we – we handle the country's business the way that we handle our business, and uh, we'll, we'll be there for a long time. Yeah, that is the key. People want competence. They saw the incompetence of Afghanistan draining the SPR. Now there's even talk about diesel fuel, which is so important to your industry, to the farming industry, being short. Uh, how concerned should we be about the diesel shortage? Well, they'll... Uh, I don't think that we'll run out. I'll put it that way. You know, the, the problem is when John, when they start, as they have been uh, stealing from our strategic reserves, right. you've got to replenish that at some point. It, it's not like it magically just refills itself. So you've got to buy that back. So now they're going to be buying oil back at high price to ref to 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 add back to our strategic fuel reserves when we were purchasing that and filling it up with cheaper oil. It's 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 a really backwards way to look at trying to handle this situation when it was just so easy. Uh, everybody was enjoying what those low fuel prices were doing uh, when the Trump administration was in there. And as far as our industry, you know, the, uh, the diesel exhaust fluid is a huge problem in our industry now that uh, we all, all new trucks run off of. Uh, you know, Russia was the uh, number one exporter of urea, which is the largest part of diesel exhaust fluid. Yeah, such an important thing. We've left ourselves at the mercy of enemies and drained away all of our strategic advantages. Yeah. That's why people are looking for a change in this election. And Mike Collins, I have a funny feeling you're going to be one of those change agents. Thanks for joining us today. Great to have you on the show. John, I appreciate you always having me on and, and speaking with me about what's going on out there. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, America. As you know, there have been many films, documentaries, and new music put out into the entertainment sphere this year, especially within the last few months. Well, our next guest, well, they're no different. Lauren Kelly is a talented musician that dropped a big single called Liberty and partnered with Matt and Joy Thayer. Joining us now are those very talented people, Matt, Joy, and Lauren. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, John and Amanda. Great to be here. What an exciting thing. Lauren, I want to ask a little bit. This is your first big hit. Liberty's such a big word for me personally. What's the moral behind this story? What, what message do you want your fans to take from it? Well, which one do you choose, really? Um, I think, you know, I mean, from a personal standpoint, the reason, I mean, there's so many things to say about this song, but um, the idea of freedom for me is so incredibly important. Um, from a personal standpoint for all the things that I've kind of been personally walking through the last couple of years um, and then to write a song like this that fits with what is happening in the whole wide world is, um, I think, just huge. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I just want to follow up on that, Lauren. You're Australian. You are living in the United States with your husband and your children. Your whole family's here. Yeah. Why did you come here? I know that you were spending your time here writing your album. Did you come here to write the album? 
No, I didn't come here to write the album. I I had wanted to write an album for years. We actually came for me to do um, school, and then we met the Thayers not long after and decided that we were, you know, going to stay and work here, and my husband's uh, these guys' editor, and so everything just kind of um, picked up from there. Like when we met these guys and we moved out here to Tulsa with them. and um, But, yeah, so I, I wrote the album – I only dressed in, it was like literally in the summer of 2020, I wrote it when we were all, you know, we've got hundreds of hours to do nothing because we're all on lockdown. So I, I wrote an album. That's when I wrote the wildflower. So Amazing. Wow. What a great, uh, what a great piece of music and uh, what a great album. Uh, Matt and Joy, how did you guys connect with Lauren and how exciting is it in this moment in the music industry? So many new artists and also so many new ways to get music out around the traditional uh, uh, gatekeepers that used to decide everything in the business. Yeah, uh, we, we had the privilege of meeting Lauren's husband, Peter, at a filmmaker's meet and greet because that's what we do is we're, we're passionate filmmakers and everything. And we became fast friends. And then we hired uh, Peter to work on our project. So he's edited the Trump I Know, the Reawakening series and Selection Code and several of our other projects and whatnot. And then um, and not only do we work together, we do a lot of life together. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that. And I wanted to ask you about Spiro Pictures specifically. I know you just mentioned some of those projects, um, but they weren't music videos. Was this your first music video to produce? I, I uh, directed a music video a long time ago, about 10 years, and she'll re remain nameless uh, yeah. because uh, it was one of those ones where it was like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try again. Uh, but um, no, this was the first uh, music video I've done in a long time. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it, when when I when we first heard Lauren's song, uh, we'd actually uh, had her write it. She actually came to me. She said, "I feel like I'm supposed to write a song for um, your reawakening series." And so I said, "Yes." I'd heard her album. Uh, we had actually helped fund some of her album, and uh, we were really excited to have her do it. She sent me the first lyrics uh, in a text message, and I was like. You're floored. Wow. I, yeah. I just, you know, took my, had to pick my job with ground. And, uh, and then when she started sending me the first draft of the music, it was just, it had this, just, it, it was, it was a, just a very emotional, somber ballad with hope. And, uh, and it was, we, we actually had been sitting on this for about a year mm -hmm. and, uh, we really couldn't get it going. And, uh, it was supposed to be a part of this series that we're working on and been working on the episode and raising the money for that. And then, we just felt impressed, like, this is the time. We got to get this thing done, and we're going to do this music video. And so uh, we just kind of came together. A bunch of people came together and uh, just put our, our heart into it over the last couple of weeks and then released it. And I knew that it was going to be... I knew that it was going to be special. I knew there was something special on it. I knew that the world needed to see this. And so I'm, I'm excited to see that um, it's being, you know, it's gotten out there so wide, so far, so fast. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, Amanda and I had the privilege to be down at Mar-a-Lago recently. We interviewed the 45th president. We've heard some rumors, Lauren, that you've been invited down there to perform. Are we uh, right or wrong yeah. about that reporting? Yeah. That's true. About 48 hours after Matt and Joy released the song in Pennsylvania at the reawakening event, um, I got a call from a friend asking me to come out and sing the song at a, an event that they're holding there. And so, yes, it's true. <laughs> That's awesome. Be cool. Lauren, I wanted to ask you, you know, the United States is not your home country. As you said, you are here for other reasons. Um, but I have to feel like 
being here may be part of why you wrote a song called Liberty. And obviously the rest of the world has an outsider's view of our country. You, even though you're inside the country right now, I know that you have a different view of our country. What about America compelled you to write a song called Liberty, uh, especially in this climate? Um, So we... It's interesting. You think you think you know what freedom is until you come to the U.S. You know, even even two weeks after my husband moved here, he came a few months after me and me and our children did. But um, he said there's just a different feel here. Like mm-hmm. Americans, kind of, there's just a different vibe. You know, you guys understand what actual freedom is, and um, yeah. So it's been it's been such a whirlwind of just figuring out what freedom actually is you and then, know and then seeing everything happen in australia yeah. and your right. family right. and your friends mm-hmm. over there i mean can you talk a little bit about that real quick yeah so they were uh on lockdown for victoria where i'm from the state i'm from they were on lockdown for 275 days out of the first year of you know all the tyrannical stuff that started happening and they they would got to the point where they could only go three mile, one mile from home. I think, think some areas were like, they could not, they could literally were not allowed to leave their houses. They had police on the streets. They had blockades, you know, blocking people from getting to places. And, and then once the vaccine um, became a thing, you know, it's like they were not allowed into stores or kind of go anywhere unless they had it. And they had to sign in at a grocery store, you know, so they're being tracked constantly wherever they went. So it's, it was ridiculous, honestly, to watch it happen. And it's, um, I'm still hearing stories now, friends, uh, who messaged me yesterday saying, I, your song gave me hope. Like it has been so rough for them in Australia that it's still like gravely affecting people. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday with us and with Just the News, with John Solomon Reports. I hope you have a blessed rest of your weekend with your family and friends. May God bless you. Watch some football. Enjoy the fall weather. Have a glass of wine. Take a deep breath and enjoy all that God has given us in this great country that is the United States of America. We'll be back Monday with regular programming. Until then, may God bless you and have a great evening. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there. 
there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.